and have the Lord speak to us afresh this morning. Father, thank you just, Lord, that you are so faithful. Lord, and I thank you for every person here this morning. I thank you, Lord, that they are here this morning because you wanted them to be here this morning. And I thank you, Father, that you have a word that you want to speak into our hearts this morning. So I pray, Lord, that our hearts would be open to receive, that our ears would be open to hear, Lord, what the Spirit is saying to us this morning. And I ask that you will speak through me to your children and that every one of your children will hear what you need them to hear this morning. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love, Lord. We honor you and we glorify you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. All right. Well, this morning... I want to speak a word that kind of attaches itself or lends itself to what we've been speaking about all year, all three services that we've had this year. And, you know, as Johannes shared in the beginning of this year, he really felt the Lord speak to us about one key focus. He had four specific points. If you had the notes of last week on version, you can go and have a look. It's all in there. I would encourage you to write it down if you buy into this vision, if you feel that Living Word is your home, is your church, then that word is also for you and your family. And one of the things that we really felt collectively the Lord say to us this year, that this is a year where we need to focus on intimacy with Him more than ever before. We cannot get by by just attending church, but having no personal relationship, no discipleship journey where we as students are learning from the teacher himself where we don't have fellowship with Holy Spirit on a daily basis. So intimacy, prayer, time in worship, time in the Word, acting on what the Word's saying, that is our focus for this year. And really, we feel like it's a time where the Lord says, I'm taking you back to the basics. And you know, as we were driving, first of all, I've never been to the north of Namibia, okay? I've been on many outreaches with our church. We've done Malawi every year. We've planted lots of churches there. We've been doing work in Mozambique, um, you know, Zambia, Zimbabwe, all of these countries, Eastern Cape in South Africa. But I've never been to the north. I've heard about Caprivi. I've heard how beautiful it is. I've heard about the amazing people. But as we were driving up, Johannes was telling me that, first of all, I didn't realize it's a nine-hour drive to the Vundu. At the first stop we, where they checked us, are we wearing our masks? They checked his driver's license. The guy said to us, where are you traveling to? I think we were in, where were we? Ochivarongo. And the guy goes, where are you traveling to, sir? And he's like, no, Devundu. Yo, serious. <laughs> when he said that, I was like, okay, why is he acting like that? How far do we have to go? But anyway, and so we went, and I was just amazed at the growth of the grass, the trees, the plants, everything as you drive up. Because I saw photos when Johannes and Dani went last year, July, August. I remember the photos looking very dull, looking like the desert. And this time around, and this time we were driving and it was green, like lush green. And it was so beautiful. And I was reminded all the way there and back, I was reminded of the gospel and of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about Holy Spirit that the Bible often represents as water. Rivers of living water bringing life, lush life. And, you know, just the same way that it rained in the natural, God is reigning in the spiritual. The question is, are we going to be tapping into that rain? 
Are we going to be tapping into that life this year like never before? Church, I want to encourage us, do not be discouraged by what is going on in the world. I know it's hard. I have my moments. But do not be discouraged by that. Jesus said in John 14, as we read last week, he said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Because I have sent you a helper. I've sent you a holy helper from above to guide you through this journey until we are reconnected again, until I come back for you, because I've gone to prepare a place for you. Amen. And so we spoke about that last week. We spoke about John 14. And I want to encourage you in your personal Bible study this week. When you read through John 14, John 15, and John 16, it's an actual fact that that is the most scripture, that is the most teaching from Jesus in one setting, except maybe for the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5. But that is the most, if you, who has a Bible with the red letters? Yeah, the red letters, so everywhere Jesus speaks, it's, it's in red lettering. That is the most red letters in one go, in one teaching from Jesus in all of Scripture. So therefore, I think it's actually quite important that you look at all three of those passages. Go and do some homework this week and read a bit through all of those. Last week, we covered John 14. So the context just before we get in is Jesus is preparing his disciples. It's the night before his crucifixion. Okay, they are terrified because they thought that Jesus was going to come and usher in a new natural kingdom to free them from the Roman oppression. And Jesus keeps teaching them about the spiritual kingdom. And he's teaching that he has to die. And they do not understand. Their hearts are troubled. They are fearful. They are scared. I think, in actual fact, maybe their situation looked worse than what our world is looking right now. That's how scared they were. And Jesus is trying to teach them spiritual things. So he starts off and he he encourages their hearts to say, you are not going to do this alone. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. And so if you weren't here last week, we've got the podcast. We spoke about the necessity, the absolute necessity of the Holy Spirit, how he is our helper, how he is going to be the one that will guide us every day. He's the one that will guide you in your life, in your relationship, in your intimacy with Jesus, in your parenting, in your business, in your marriage, in your life, in your finances, in Jesus' name. And so today, I just want to jump on to the next chapter in John 15, where Jesus continues to teach about this theme of intimacy. And he said, first of all, in John 14, that it will be impossible for you without the help of the Holy Spirit. Now he goes on in John 15, and let's read this portion together. Okay. John 15, and I think we are going to read through quite a bit, 1 to 11, if you want to make a note. And Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. So a vine, he's talking about, I'm coming from the Cape Winelands, so you know, a, a vine bears fruit, but without the vine, the branches cannot bear fruit without being attached to the vine. And in the Old Testament, they obviously had a lot of um, vineyards and they had a lot of wine grapes and, you know, these kind of things. So they understood this analogy very, very well. But the Old Testament also spoke of the nation of Israel as a vine. 
But Israel became disobedient to the Lord. They did not bear any fruit. So that's why he starts with an analogy, because he's also trying to explain to them that he is the true vine. So he needs them to understand that. I'm the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, that stops bearing, he cuts away, trims off, takes away, and he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. Verse 3, you are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I have given you. And the word that he's given them is the teachings that he has discussed with them. Okay? Dwell in me. Another translation says, abide in me, Jesus says. This is his instruction. And I will dwell in you. And that means live in me and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in, being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, he repeats again, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much and abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off with vital union with me, you can do nothing. And that nothing, I'm just going to interrupt myself, refers to the fruit we are going to talk about now. The fruit is something that is a natural result of us being intimate with Jesus. In other words, when we are united with Him, when we live in Him, when we abide in Him, when we pursue intimacy with Him, fruit is a natural outflow. It's not something we have to strive for. When we were in the Vundu, I'm going to use lots of examples because it's so fresh. We went to this one village and I said to Pastor Romanus, what kind of tree is this? Because I was fascinated by all these beautiful trees, and they were so lush green, but I didn't see any fruit anywhere because it's obviously not the season for fruit. And I said to him, what type of tree is this? They, were, they normally build their villages around a tree. And he said to me, this is a mango tree. And I said, oh, well, why doesn't it, you know, why doesn't it bear fruit or when does it bear fruit? And he actually said to me, a mango tree takes up to three years after you planted it to actually produce fruit. I didn't actually know that. It takes up to three years to actually produce fruit. And a, a wine grape, um, the vine for the grapes that we make wine from, actually when you plant in your vineyard, it can take up to three to four years, three to five years actually, for the grapes to be produced. And then a further five to six years for the grapes to be ready to produce wine from it. Alle wine drinkers on and then if you leave it another couple of years until it gets to a place of maturity, then the wine is at its best. Keep that in mind because that's a spiritual lesson Jesus is trying to teach. Verse 6. If a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers. And such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and they are burnt. But you live in me, abide vitally united to me, and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts. And you may ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. And when you bear and produce much fruit, my Father is honored and glorified. 
and you show and prove yourselves to be true followers of mine. I have loved you, Jesus said, just as the Father has loved me. Abide in my love and continue in his love with me. And if you keep my commandments, if you continue to obey my instructions, you will abide in my love and live on in it, just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and live on in his love. And I have told you these things, that my joy and delight may be in you, and that your joy and gladness may be of full measure, complete and overflowing. Now, we are running out of time, but I'm going to take my time to actually just teach the little bit that I felt the Lord laid on my heart this week as we were out in the bush. And you know, church, I honestly believe that if we are going to be true followers and true disciples of Jesus, then we cannot live a life that bears no fruit. And I believe, honestly, there are too many Christians, because Christian is also a label we can put on ourselves. There are too many Christians in this world that are walking around not bearing fruit. And Jesus actually says that if you are not bearing fruit, you are actually not a true disciple. Because if you are a true disciple, you will be in the vine. You will be intimate with me. And out of that intimacy, automatically it will produce fruit. And that is a scary thought. Because we need to be sure that we are really disciples of Jesus. We need to be sure. And I want to encourage us that bearing fruit and producing fruit takes time. But the important thing, the important thing is that we are in that place of having an ability to produce fruit, that we are actually planted and we are connected to the vine. And that is that place of intimacy that we feel the Lord is calling us back to. I'm not talking about attending church. For us who are in the vine, that is important, yes. But it starts with us being intimate with Jesus first, having a real relationship with him. Because apart from that, we will not be able to do anything. And that anything means anything of eternal value. Because the fruit that Jesus is talking about has eternal value. And so what is that fruit? Maybe let's look at that. In the natural world, fruit is the result of a healthy plant producing what it was designed to produce. I mean, so the mango tree will not produce apples. If he is a mango tree, he's a mango tree. He will produce a mango. Now, the same is true in the spirit. And I love that the Lord always uses something in the natural to explain to us how to understand something in the spiritual. And that's why he always used these analogies so that the disciples could understand. And, you know, we understand vineyards. We understand gardening. We understand these same elements today, you know, agriculture. And that's why we continue to learn from this. But the biblical definition of fruit describes our outward actions that result in our life because of what is inside of our hearts. So remember last week we discussed how the Holy Spirit, one of the roles, one of His ministries to us is to produce fruit in our lives. And sometimes I think, who feels like this? Sometimes we feel like we need to produce it ourselves. Oh, the pastor said we must love. Now I must 
learn how to love. I must love. Yes, that's awesome. Have a heart to learn how to love. But don't think out of our own self-effort we can ever produce fruit. What was the instruction Jesus gave the disciples? He just said two things. He said, abide in me. That's our responsibility. And we're going to talk about how, practically how do we do it. And number two, he said, and I will abide in you. It's just like in a marriage or in any relationship. It's a two-way thing. And I know this is things we know, but I want to encourage us afresh, afresh that the Lord really put this thing on my heart, that church, I want you to focus on bearing fruit. It's a beautiful thing to trust the Lord for his spiritual gifts. I really trust the Lord that he's moving and healing this morning. That even me speaking the word of God over your life will produce healing in your life. It has the power to do that. But what the Lord is more interested in is that we produce fruit so that those gifts, because remember the spiritual gifts are for us to be in service to serve a dying world out there. Physically dying, but more so spiritually dying in their sin. But if we don't have the fruit of the Spirit, if we don't know how to love, if we don't know how to be good and kind and faithful, if we are not going to learn how to be patient, oh, Jesus help us, the world is going to taste rotten fruit and the gifts will not have the same impact in the kingdom. And that's why we want to teach about the fruit of the Spirit before we teach on the gifts of the Spirit. Because Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, if we prophesy and we, you know, raise the dead and heal the sick and do all those things, but we do not have love, then we are just a noisy gong. Then it means nothing. And so what is fruit? Galatians 5, verse 22 to 23 says the following. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which... Whose presence? His presence within us accomplishes is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things there is no law that can bring a charge. So that is the fruit that the Lord wants us to produce. And I was so amazed as we were driving in the Vundu, and I saw the greenery, and I saw water everywhere, and I saw life. You can even see how the animals rejoice because they have food to eat. Isn't it amazing? You even see it here in Vintuk. Like we have these, what are meerkats? Not meerkats, mongoose. Okay, they run around in the field by our house, and I literally see them because the grass is not this high. I see them jumping like they are in some kind of heavenly field. And you can even see the joy on these little creatures. Okay? Ek raak kwaad vir hulle, want hulle kom grawe in my tuin. But it was even nice to see that they rejoice because of the water. And I want to read you this scripture. And it was so beautiful. It was like the Lord was just reminding me again, as we spoke about last week, of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit in this process of intimacy, in this process of bearing fruit. Because when we are attached to the vine, or we are a tree that was planted, we need the water, I mean. We need the water to grow. 
Jesus said, he is the vine. Okay, he is the vine. We are the branches that grow from the vine. Father God is the gardener, the, the vine dresser. In other words, if there is a branch that is not, you know, producing fruit, he prunes. Pruning is another sermon we'll do on another day. Some of us are being pruned right now. Pruning is actually very good. I want to encourage you, if you ask the Lord to prune you, be very careful. <laughs> it's a painful process. It's a cutting away process. But why is it necessary? I don't have green fingers, but those who know gardening, pruning is necessary to cut off the dead branches so that it can produce more fruit. And what is the Lord interested in for you and me? Definitely not our comfort. Definitely not our comfort. He is interested in us growing to a place of maturity, growing to a place of Christ-likeness, which is the fruit. Growing to a place where we can bear much fruit. Because why do we need fruit? The fruit is there for the purpose of the kingdom. The fruit is there so that the people of this world can come and they can taste some of the fruit. And they can taste that the Lord is good. But when us Christians walk around and we are impatient and we are unkind and we are rude and we are angry and we are jealous... We are actually serving the world rotten fruit, and we actually put them off of the kingdom of God. That's why the Lord wants us to grow into Christ-likeness. But back to the water. Listen to this. Listen to how Jesus describes the Holy Spirit in John 7. On the last and the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Because whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. And so this was so beautiful as we were driving and I saw, as I saw all the rain and as I saw the greenness and I saw new life, literally, it was like new life was being produced everywhere we went. And remember, the seed was already in the soil. It was already there. The rain was just needed to produce the new life. And that's when we are in that place of intimacy with Jesus. He wants to release the rivers of living water on the soil of our hearts, so that in our hearts we can start to bear the fruit for the kingdom. The seeds are already inside of us when we are born again. So we don't need to feel like we have to produce kindness. Oh, I have to, oh, no, no, that's called striving and self-effort. Yes, we need an awareness when the Holy Spirit speaks to us and say, Marissa, I need you to learn how to love. And then my question to the Lord is, okay, as I stay close to him, Lord, teach me how to love better. Lord, teach me to become patient. Gosh, when we look at the fruit of the Spirit, I believe those are, they are all very important. But there's three of them that I felt in my heart that I know for me the Lord is really testing me on and that he's growing me in. And you'll know which ones the Lord is working with you. Number one is love. And maybe we don't have time to talk through all of them, but I'm just going to touch on love. You know, love 
Paul speaks in 1 Corinthians 13, and he says, Without love, faith, hope, and love. And out of these, the greatest is love. The power that is in love, the agape love, and we spoke about it last year. There's a podcast somewhere. Maybe we can talk about it again. The agape love, that self-sacrificial love of the Father is what he wants to produce in you and me because that is what will draw people to the kingdom of God. That is the fruit that everyone is so hungry for they just don't even know it yet. I'm telling you, Heidi Baker, who knows who Heidi Baker is? Anyone? Okay, she's a very well-known missionary. She's a very well-known woman of God. They started Iris Ministries in Mozambique where they've been doing ministry for over 20 years there and Um, I had the privilege of visiting Iris Ministries there one year. They've got a ministry where literally all the blind people in the village receive new eyesight, the deaf hear, the lame walk, the dead are being raised. It's a powerful ministry. You know what her philosophy is? It's not a philosophy. That's the wrong word. But you know what her mission in life is? She believes the most powerful um, form of spiritual warfare is love. She did not go into those villages and started that ministry based on, you know, trusting the Lord for 10,000 of his gifts. She went in there with one thing, and that is the love of the Father. She goes into the villages, and she loves on people. And the healing flows, and the miracles flows, and everything comes out of that place of love. It's a self-sacrificial type of love that only the Father can produce in us. We don't know how to love like that. But that's the fruit that He wants to produce in us. And the Lord really challenged my heart as we were there this week, as we were trusting Him and, you know, Lord, lead us. How do we, we're a new church, you know, what can we give these people? We need resource, we need people, we need cement, we need Bibles, we need all these different things. How can we help them? And the Lord really started to speak to my heart that we need to focus on bearing the fruit and dwelling in Him. And He is the provider that will give all the other things that we need. But if we can learn how to serve our fellow brothers and sisters in love, if we can learn how to love the unbelievers in our world with a real love, the love of the Father, we will see people rushing into the kingdom because they don't know that kind of love. It is a love that melts hurt hearts. It is a love that melts people who are angry, people who are hurt. There's a famous prophet. I don't know if anyone knows Bob Jones. He's also a very well-known prophet. He passed away a couple of years ago. And before he passed away, he actually died once before or twice. And he had a heavenly encounter. And this is documented. You can, you can Google Bob Jones testimony, love. And he had an encounter where he met Jesus and His encounter in heaven was so incredible. He said, Lord, I don't want to go back. And the Lord said to him, your work is not yet done. But he said he was expecting the Lord to speak all sorts of things to him about all the ministry that he has done and, you know, different things. But you know what the Lord asked him before he sent him back? The Lord said to him, Bob, did you learn how to love? That's all he asked him. Did you learn how to love? And what if that is the only thing that we are here to learn? What if that's the only thing that we are here to learn, that we learn how to love? That really spoke to my heart big time. 
But all these fruit actually point to the character of Christ. If you look at it, without the love of Christ, where would we be today? Without, if we name all the fruit, without his joy and his peace, where would we be? Without his patience, gosh, as we are learning, as we are failing, as we are making mistakes, he's patient. Without his kindness, his goodness, his faithfulness, his gentleness, and his self-control. And Jesus said the aim of our discipleship life, the aim of our life here on earth is to remain in him and to produce fruit. Our part is just to remain intimate. Our part is to abide. His job through the Holy Spirit, through the rivers of living water is to produce the life. But you and I need to surrender to that process. You and I need to pursue that process. We need to place ourselves in a place of being planted. We need to choose. And I know I'm preaching to the converted this morning. But I pray that it will encourage your heart this morning. That you don't need to achieve this on your own. It is impossible for us to achieve this on our own. It is only through intimacy with Him. And practically, I just want to end with this note. What does the word abide mean? Because everything sounds so beautiful and spiritual. What does it mean? I like being practical. Tell me what I must do. It means to continue. It means to remain. That word meno in the Greek actually means to remain, to dwell, to continue, to endure, to be present in, to be held, to be kept, to wait for. It means to spend daily time talking to the Lord, setting time aside daily to hear His voice, setting time daily to spend time in His words. Don't let it gather dust. This book will save our life. Feed on it. Eat it. Meditate on it. Meditate means take one scripture, think about it, write it down, pray about it. Ask the Lord, Lord, I don't understand this. Help me make sense of this. Teach my heart and feed on the word. It means service. Did you know being part of the vine includes actually serving in the kingdom? Most of the work of the producing of the fruit so far, and I'm a long, far way off. We will never actually be finished until Jesus comes back. Has been in the place of serving. Oh my gosh, that's a place where he prunes. That's a place where we learn sacrifice, as with our finances. It's a place where we abide. Allow the Lord to challenge us, to rebuke us, to prune us. I love that this pastor Romanus said to Johannes at one point, Pastor, this is what I believe about this and this and this. Am I in the right or do I need to be rebuked, he says. Johannes and I were stunned. We were like, no one ever asks for a rebuke. But what is his heart? His heart is, I want to grow to be like my king. So if I am misinterpreting this and I'm teaching it wrong, please teach me. Please rebuke me if I'm wrong so I can grow. Oh, that shook my heart. I was like, Lord, help us to be like this. Okay, it means drawing near in worship. It means isolating yourself for a moment. You know, whatever it looks like. But we need to not live a life where we are not connected to the vine. Otherwise, this will not be possible for us to live a life of fruit. 
And I'm telling you, once you pursue this life, once you pursue this relationship, you will never turn back to a life of being a shallow Christian. God has got appointments for you and me everywhere we go. He's got appointments, divine connections. He's got words of wisdom and knowledge he wants to share. He's got, man, things for us to do, things for us to learn and grasp. But without being intimate, we are going to miss it. We are not going to be able to be the tree that produces the fruit without him. And I want to leave you with one last scripture. And this is in Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3. And this was so beautiful. This really spoke to me about this process. It says, blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly. In other words, these are people that, that do not follow the book of instruction. Do not follow their advice, their plans, or their purposes. Church, please let's not be those people that follow the advice of the world. When we need wisdom, when we need counsel, your place of intimacy will release it to you. Amen. Okay. Nor stand submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax where the scornful gather. Verse 2. But his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord. And on his law, it's this, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God. Remember Jesus said, if my words remain in you, you might ask for anything and you will receive it. Sometimes we wonder why are our prayers not being answered. Well, are we praying the word of God? Are we praying in line with scripture? Then that life starts to flow. But we need to be in the book, not on the Facebook. The teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies. That's where we get revelation, church. Sometimes we need to take one passage and study it. Get all the resources. There is a million teachings everywhere online. First start with Holy Spirit as your teacher. Get a notebook. Make it a serious thing this year to study the Word of God. Because that's how Scripture stays inside of us. That's how the fruit is being produced. How does the Father cut and prune us? This is the scissor. Amen. The scissor, the mirror. He habitually meditates and ponders and studies by day and by night. In other words, constantly we need to be in the Word. We cannot afford to be in any other place. Amen? And He shall be, this is now the person that lives in the Word day and night, abiding in His Word, abiding in His teaching, shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended by the streams of water. Do you see it coming together? Or was it just me that was excited by that? So we don't look like that tree over there. There's a more poster. But that's not what scripture is saying. Streams of water ready to bring forth fruit in its season. And it leave, its leaves shall also not fade or wither. And everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. And I want to pray for you this morning as we conclude our service this morning. And I want to encourage you. If you feel like there are areas in your life that feels dry. Areas in your life where you are not seeing the fruit of the Lord. Where you are not seeing it prosper. I want to encourage you this morning. I don't know if the team has any music for us to end off on. But I want to encourage you this morning. 
the Lord wants to release His rivers of living water. What does that mean? His Holy Spirit to flood the soil of your heart, to flood your being. Because with the Word and with the water, we will grow. And we will produce fruit that will have eternal value. We will produce fruit that is attractive for the kingdom. And we will produce fruit that will enable us to fulfill the purpose. If I'm a mango tree, for me to produce the mangoes that I was designed to produce. But without that, it is impossible. Amen. So I want you to just close your eyes this morning. And I just want to pray for us as we finish and conclude the service. First of all, abiding in Christ means to actually make a decision to live for Him and to accept what He had done for us on the cross, to give us new life, to give us the ability to be born again into His kingdom. And we are always going to give an opportunity in every service because I believe this is the most important thing. Because we've got a world dying in their sin. Church, heaven and hell is very, very real. If we are not born again believers, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. We will not inherit eternal life. We have to make a decision to follow Jesus because He's already been pursuing us. Jesus said in John 15, 26, that if you continue to read further, that I actually chose you. And I appointed you and I planted you to bear fruit. He comes for us first. And right now as we've got our eyes closed and if you are a believer, then this is always a moment where you can pray for the salvation of someone in your own world, someone in your family, someone in your life that needs to know that there is a king in heaven who loves them. And if you are here this morning and you've never ever made that decision to accept what Jesus has done for you on the cross, to accept Him into your heart, then I want to give you an opportunity to pray with you. It only takes a decision. As we repent of our old life and we accept what He has done and we accept Him as Lord and Savior of our life, then we are made born again. If we believe in Him and confess with our mouth, the Bible says we are saved. Is there anyone here this morning that would like me to pray with them for that? If you've never ever made a decision to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, is there anyone here this morning? You can gently raise your hand and I will just pray with you afterwards. Amen. Awesome, church. The second group of people I want to pray, if you are here this morning and you feel like there's an area in your life that is barren, there is an area that is not producing fruit, and that you are trusting the Lord, you hear this word, but you need His rivers of living water to come and help you to see the fruit being produced in your life, then I want you to just raise your hand. It could be any area. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your boldness this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Father, you see every hand raised in this place this morning. Lord, and you know every one of our hearts. You know our circumstances and you know our situations. And Father, I want to thank you this morning for reminding us that you have actually called us with a purpose to bear fruit. Lord, and your word says in Psalm 1 that when we continually 
meditate on your word day and night. And we follow your laws and your decrees. Lord, and we follow the counsel of our biblical leaders and teachers. Lord, and we position ourselves abiding in you. And we spend time every day pursuing you, pursuing intimacy. Then, Lord, a result of that abiding will produce fruit in our lives. So, Father, I just pray that you will bless every one of your children this morning with a renewed sense of your presence in their life, with a renewed sense of your rivers of living water to flow in every area. Lord, I pray that as they pursue you, Lord, as we do our responsibility and we focus on running after you, that you will meet us. The Bible says, as we draw near, Lord, you draw near to us. So, Father, I pray that you will bless your children with greater intimacy than ever before. Lord, with a sense of your presence when they go home, a sense of your presence, Lord, as they go home and they study your word and they meditate on your decrees. Lord, I pray that you will illuminate scripture to them like never before. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak to them dreams, visions, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. We just release it over your children today. Come and meet every one of us where we are at, Lord. And Lord, we pray, Jesus, that you will rain down your spirit on every area that is barren right now. And we speak life and life in abundance over all of those areas. Lord, as the rivers of living water, Holy Spirit, as you rain on each of those areas, we thank you for new life that is being birthed right now. We thank you for seeds under the soil that are being watered right now through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Lord, that we can help that seed grow by continuing to speak your word, by continuing to pray, by continuing to worship and meditate and to focus our hearts and our attention on you. Lord, may every area produce great fruit and much fruit and excellent fruit. Prune us in the areas, Lord, where you want us to produce even more fruit. And help us and guide us through that pruning process. Help us to not lose heart when it is painful. Help us to not grow impatient, Lord, when we are struggling to see the fruit come into fruition. But help us to trust that you are the one that will produce. And Lord, I just pray a blessing over each of your children this morning. I bless them with the Holy Spirit and your presence. I bless them, Lord, with the knowledge of you and revelation of you like they have never, ever encountered. And I pray, Lord, that as a church, you will take us forward. You will help us to be a loving, Bible-based kingdom community that will produce attractive fruit for your kingdom. Help us to just be more like you, Jesus. We glorify you and we bless your name this morning in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.